Welcome to the Speed Force Media Podcast, the show where every Friday we recap and discuss the news that has happened in the world of comic book movies over the last week. My name is Eleanor, and here with me is my husband, Derek. Hello. In today's episode, we will be covering Andy Serkis not returning to direct Venom 3, a rumor that Henry Cavill and the producers for The Witcher are butting heads as early as Season 2, the CW's new boss is unsure if DC still has a place on the network, and this is after the cancellation of Stargirl, leaving Superman and Lois the last ones standing. Shazam! Fury of the Gods director confirms he has finished the final cut of the film. Henry Cavill wants his Superman return to inspire DC fans. How the box office numbers for Black Adam compares to the rest of the DCEU and Snyderverse films. Is Black Adam going to break the $1 billion barrier at the box office? And lastly, Dwayne Johnson has a, quote, thinly veiled disdain for the Shazam franchise. To start us off, we're going to look at what Andy Serkis has said about directing Venom 3. Talking to Slash Film about his standout role in Andor, the actor and filmmaker explained, Look, I had a ball doing Venom Let There Be Carnage. Tom Hardy is such a good friend of mine, and I felt very proud of that work. And we had such fun doing it. To be the custodian of that franchise for a little while was great. I've got so many projects I was just about to work on, like Animal Farm, for instance. We were just about to go into production with that, and then we delayed as Venom came up, Circus continued. I really have to be very on top of the ones that I've been building to do for such a long time. As for what he thinks about Kelly Marcel, who wrote the first two movies and the upcoming third installment, Taking Charge, he added, I'm really delighted that Kelly's doing that. She's so in control of that material with Tom. The pair of them are such a great team to work with. I'm really excited to see what they're going to come up with. Derek, what are you feeling on Venom 3? How do you feel about Andy Serkis not being a part of this one? So it brings up a few different thoughts for me. Uh, number one, I love Andy Serkis, so I'm going to watch anything that he goes and does. Uh, as far as a director, uh, Andy Serkis as a director, I haven't loved everything he's done as a filmmaker. But that being said, I was a fan of Venom Let There Be Carnage. I think I liked it more than most people, but I didn't love it. I saw it maybe once or twice, and I haven't really gone back to it. And kind of same thing with the first movie. Not sure which one I prefer. They're both flawed. They're both just fun blockbusters, really. And I do really enjoy things about them, but I couldn't, I couldn't necessarily say they're great, uh, riveting stories. So the stories of those movies is now going to be put into the director chair, right? So the, the screenwriter is now going to be directing. We've seen that before with the uh, producer behind X-Men, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, then went on to direct X-Men Dark Phoenix. Can't remember his name at the moment, but you saw how big of a mess that turned out to be when a director who does not have past experience gets behind the chair on a big blockbuster-like film. It rarely ever spells uh, success. So that is a concern of mine. But I will still go and see it. I will still go and support it. You know, Andy Serkis, yeah, it does sound like he is actually going to leave due to scheduling conflicts. It sounds like this is actually one of those cases where we hear so many times that 
ex-actor left a project due to scheduling conflicts and it's really because of some drama or money or politics or who, whatever it may be. I, I, I buy that I buy it this time that, yeah, I could see it actually being the scheduling conflicts, but who knows? Maybe they were unhappy with how Venom Let There Be Carnage turned out. You know, it was not as well received as the first movie. And of course, it didn't make as much money, I don't believe. Um, so who knows? Maybe we'll hear more in the future. But as of right now, I'm not too concerned either way for it. Yeah, I'm not super concerned because this movie's probably still a ways off because we just haven't heard a ton of updates on it regardless. And I still think the writer could potentially do a really good job of directing. I'm not going to hold my breath, but I am going to try to remain positive that hopefully they are excited to do a directorial debut, sorry, and that it'll be a good one. And I'm just really hoping for this movie. Like you said, they're not like plot-driven, super riveting stories. There are some plot holes, I would say, in both films, but they are a ton of fun. So I'm hoping that this one just brings a ton of fun and another Eminem song for us. (laughs) Definitely. Speaking of a ton of fun, this next one is not a ton of fun, but it is a rumor that Henry Cavill and the producers for The Witcher didn't really get along all that well. And this is according to the Redonian Intelligence via sffgazette.com. They're kind of leakers. They most of the time have some pretty good stuff, but just take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. Henry Cavill was quoted on multiple occasions explaining how important the series being faithful to Andrei Sapowski's books was to him and how that wasn't always easy when the show's creative team had their own ideas about how to adapt them. So why did he stay? The money helped, we're sure, though it sounds like Cavill decided to give producers one last chance to get Geralt right, as the aforementioned press tour also saw him confirm that he was committed to the original seven-season vision. Quote, Then in 2020 and 2021, Cavill was working on season two of The Witcher and was constantly having disagreements with the producers over the work he was doing, the site goes on to explain. After season two wrapped, he seriously considered leaving The Witcher, but was offered more money and decided to stay for at least one more season. That's a little bit of some spicy tea there, y'all. Derek, how are you feeling about this? Honestly, for me, it's not really that big spicy tea, as you put it. This happens all the time. I mean, actors leave projects. It's not breaking news. To me, it's interesting just because it's Henry Cavill. And it's The Witcher, both of whom I have fans of. So the fact that he and the showrunners or the writers are not able to see eye to eye, you would think that when they sat down at day one, they would have a better idea of this character and where this show is going to go long term. Maybe not everything spelled out, every single detail, but bef- you know when the casting was done you would think that they would both be on the same terms. We hear this so many times in Star Wars where a Star Wars director comes on, gets halfway through a movie, and then leaves due to creative differences. And we're like, what the fuck? How, how is there creative differences when you're this deep into a project? It doesn't make any sense. And so it, you look at Kathleen Kennedy, who's in charge of Lucasfilm, who you start to question... Are they not just communicating what vision they have for this project? Or are they just really bad at getting talent that is uh, cooperative, right? Talent that they can work with. 
we've never heard anything bad about Henry Cavill. Not, not really, anyways. So I doubt that it's really on him. We've heard multiple times in the past where Henry has said in interviews that, yeah, I've, I've had to correct people on set because my knowledge of The Witcher is, you know, surpasses their knowledge. And, you know, every, the crowd kind of laughs and we kind of joked about it. And he was kind of joking about it. But maybe he was kind of pointing out some frustrations a little bit and we just weren't really seeing it. Maybe some of those frustrations are like serious deviations that they wanted to take with the character that he was like, no, 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 this is going to piss off a lot of people. And maybe it just pushed him past the edge, all the fighting and all the drama from whatever direction that they want to take or maybe directions they've already taken just pushed him past the edge of saying, okay, I can't support this anymore. Another possibility, and my final possibility of my thoughts anyways, is maybe that there's just some actual character conflict between, you know, some personality conflicts. Sometimes even if a talented individual is on a team with another talented individual, whether it's a sports team, a movie project, or any sort of business, sometimes two people just cannot be left in a room alone together because they just cannot see eye to eye on anything. And maybe this was one of those situations. It does suck for Witcher fans and for Henry Cavill fans, people that like the series and with him as the star. But who knows, maybe Liam Hemsworth will come in and you know no one will think about Henry Cavill anymore. Or maybe the opposite will happen, but time will tell. Eleanor, what do you think about all this? So my personal thoughts are that Henry Cavill is a big sweaty nerd, and we all know that. And The Witcher has a rich history with the books and the games that I think does need to be respected. And I think he was doing kind of the Lord's work, you might say, for the fans in making sure that that was being upheld. And I think he's just tired of doing that. Because after so many times of saying, this is how it needs to be, this is the source material, and then saying, screw you, we're doing what we want, but we're calling it The Witcher then, you know, that's just going to make people mad. And I also think possibly there could be just a lot of scheduling conflicts, not just the personal conflicts as well, but with him doing Superman and he just did a second Enola Holmes movie, I mean, the man's really busy. So maybe also the scheduling for this show has just really gotten under his skin. I'm not sure the exact reasons why Henry Cavill decided that, you know, this was the last season for him, but I can respect him saying that this is enough and you know respecting him as an actor going okay it sucks it really does suck but yeah you know you can understand that the guy has to move on right and we do still have to take this with a big grain of salt right as far as we know exactly what you said it could just be all about superman maybe warner bros discovery was like hey dude uh you gotta sign this contract because we know he had to leave in the middle of shooting the witcher to go do his post credit scene. And so maybe he was like, back then, like, hey guys, uh, they got a lot of plans for Superman and me, so yeah, I'm not going to be able to do The Witcher long term. But if there was some actual conflict, we also got to keep in mind that sometimes the actors are wrong. And sometimes the show, the showrunners and the show uh, creatives and the writers know what's best for the show. Even if that means 
adapting the source material and not sticking straight to the source material. There's been plenty of times in comic book movies or any sort of movie where there's a book where fans of the book get mad that certain things are left out. And sometimes the showrunners take just creative decisions. They just make their own decisions and make their own ideas. And sometimes it works out for the better, sometimes not. But I think due time will tell and we'll get a little bit more information in the future when this is a little bit older, when Henry Cavill is a little more removed, we'll we'll hear the fallout. We'll get the information, whether it is just about Superman, we'll know because we'll see, holy crap, there's a lot more Superman all of a sudden. Or we'll hear more things about drama behind The Witcher. Speaking of drama, there's stuff going on at the CW. The CW's new boss is not sure that DC is really going to stick around in their in their little universe there. The average viewing age, just to set this up for you, for the CW is 58. So a little over what you would think most people watching uh, superhero shows is, right? And the company right now is the least profitable it's ever been, with Stargore recently being canceled. And talking on the trade, Schwartz, who's the new boss of CW, was asked directly if the DC brand has a future on the CW, to which he bluntly responded, quote, I don't know yet. This year has already seen the cancellation of Batwoman, Legends of Tomorrow, and The Flash, and with Warner Brothers keen to move DC content to HBO Max, it's easy enough to see where things are probably going. It was an exceptionally successful company under the old business model. CBS and Warner Brothers made a lot of money on those shows, the executive says. They got to make shows from Gossip Girl to Vampire Diaries, Riverdale, and The Flash that broke through in culture. There was a business model there that worked, and now it's a different business model. Now we need to run a broadcast network that is profitable. So it's going to take a bit of reinvention, rethinking, and creating a brand and content that brings in a lot of audiences, that works for the stations, and that can be monetized properly. CW has a really strong brand, but some of these shows aren't very profitable. That makes me worried for Superman and Lois. How does that make you feel? Well, we've already seen Superman and Lois go through so many different hurdles and issues whether it's delays or actors leaving the show and you know some of those delays are because of covid and everything else that happened in the world but for whatever reason and we've heard different reports but superman and lois is not back when all of the other cw shows are coming back this fall and i think that is worrisome whether or not it's due to scheduling conflicts or whatever they say it is. I don't think it's unrelated to the WB Discovery buyout and the cancellation of so many of their shows. I think the time of the Arrowverse, and as they like to call it, the CWverse, is over. And it's kind of been over for a while now, especially since Stephen Amell left and really all of the shows have kind of declined in quality I'm sorry if you guys are still fans of some of those shows. I haven't watched all of them by any means, so I can't say that they're all crap, but it seems like a lot of people don't like them or just don't tune in, and you're right. They're not profitable, at least not on their network, not the way that they are. And even though they're so low budget, just having them on that network... It's just network television versus, you know, a streaming service. And even streaming services like Netflix experience this issue where they'll release a show, well, like, say, Daredevil, for instance, and 
the first season, maybe the second season, we'll bring in new subscribers. But after that, they're not getting any new subscribers, but they're still pouring in money for each new season. So in their eyes, it's a waste of money. So the show ends up getting canceled. That's not why Daredevil got canceled, but we've seen so many shows on Netflix or on network TV get canceled for those exact reasons. Now, with Superman and Lois, there is still that chance that it could get moved to HBO Max. After all, uh, Supergirl was not originally a CW show, and it was, you know, canceled basically after season one and then moved to the CW. And we've seen other things like that, where uh, Constantine had a show, I believe on NBC, I could be wrong, or maybe Fox, and it ended up getting canceled, but the character ended up crossing over onto Legends of Tomorrow and things like that. So it's not impossible that we could see Tyler Hecklin still get to play Superman in the future. And I hope we do because he is a good Superman. And I like that show and what it, what it was going for. So I hope it doesn't get canceled just because Henry Cavill is back as Superman. And that is a long idea that old Warner Brothers in the Kevin Sujihara days and before thought we can't have a TV version of a character and a movie version. That's why Batman never showed up in Smallville. That's why Batman never showed up on Arrow. And for the longest time, Superman wasn't allowed to either. But because they said, oh, yeah, we're not going to be moving forward with uh, Superman in the movies for sure now, so you can launch your TV show, Superman and Lois. And he had already been popping up here and there, but we've seen that for the longest time. The Suicide Squad in Arrow ended up getting killed off because they were doing the Suicide Squad movie. So it, And then uh, Walter Hamada took over, AT&T took over, and they started to get a little bit looser on that. They started to say, nope, the TV universe is the TV universe. You can have Batman, you can have Batwoman, you can have Supergirl, Superman, and the movies will do their thing. And now we don't really know because it's not that regime anymore. It's WB Discovery. And I think that impacts Superman and Lois. I think that impacts every show on the CW. But what do you think, Eleanor? I've gone on enough about this, I think. (laughs) Well, I mean, the CW has brought us some stinkers and they brought us some winners, which I think is true of all network television. And I truly think that the little I have seen of Superman and Lois is a winner. So I really hope that they decide it gets moved to HBO Max because it would be unfortunate if with all of this shuffling with Warner Brothers Discovery and the CW that a show that is that good with Tyler Hecklin being really talented. I apologize. I don't remember the actress's name for Lois, but she's also really talented. I love the family dynamic and stuff they put in there. So it would be really unfortunate if something that I feel like could have the potential to be as good as Smallville gets canceled. So, I mean... I'm hoping for the best, but I'm also preparing for the worst here. And with hoping for the best, that brings us to Shazam Final Cut for the Fury of the Gods. I don't know if you guys are excited for this movie, but I am. After several years of being in the works, Shazam Fury of the Gods is one step closer to arriving on the big screen. On Monday, director David F. Sandberg took to Instagram to reveal that work on the final cut of the sequel is officially finished. This news comes several months before the film's directly schedu- currently scheduled March 2023 release date, which it was moved to earlier this fall to avoid competing with this December release of Avatar The Way of Water. 
Finished, Sandberg's post reads. Now for a little time off. Hashtag Shazam movie, March 17th. In Shazam! Fury of the Gods, when Billy Batson and his foster siblings who transform into superheroes by saying Shazam are forced to get back into action and fight the daughters of Atlas, they must stop them from a weapon that could destroy the world in which they must travel in order to make peace with the gods because of Billy taking their powers for granted. How do you feel about the premise of this movie so far? I'm excited to see the Marvel family. Well, I'm excited to see the movie for sure. I I am a little confused by this news, however. It is a little bit older news, released in the beginning of this week. But for the longest time, we kind of thought that this movie was already in the bag a while ago because it was originally supposed to release next year and then they moved it up six months to this year and then they pushed it back another three months to next year again so and for the longest time we thought oh it got pushed up six months because it was the finished movie it was the movie that out of all the other dc projects like black adam batgirl at the time the flash shazam was the one that was going the smoothest and i think that's why i'm probably the most excited out of the next DCEU and DCU movies to see Shazam 2 because, quite honestly, it's the one that's had the least amount of drama, the least amount of noise. I know not everybody is as big of a fan as the first Shazam movie as I am. I absolutely loved that movie. It was uh, funny, it had heart, it had good action, and it was for a comic book movie rather lower budget. It wasn't a $200 million movie by any means. Uh, this movie looks like it's got a bigger budget, bigger scope, better suits, better CGI, maybe even better villains with uh, Helen Mirren and uh, Lucy Liu. So I, I love that. I love Zachary Levi in this role. And, you know, the kid actors are getting a little bit older, so you're not going to be able to keep them around forever. Uh, so I hope we don't have to wait as long for Shazam 3 and hopefully under this new regime with WB Discovery, it won't be too long before we see Shazam 3. But let's see Shazam 2. Maybe it'll be dumpster fire and maybe it'll be hot garbage. But for all I care, for all I know, I'm, I'm super excited. And, you know, maybe I'm naive for thinking so. But I think it could be the best DCU movie that we've had in the last few movies. But, Eleanor, what do you think? I know you're not as big into the Shazam movie as I am. A fan of it, sure. But what do you think? Well, the first thing I'm going to say is I'm never going to yuck your yum. If you're excited for this, hell yeah. <laughs> Anyone can be excited for whatever they want. I think the positive energy is the best part of this. But I think Shazam was a really fun movie. And I think the world could use some more fun movies. So DC bringing us the fun movies this year with Black Adam was a pretty decently fun time, I would say. Yeah. And Shazam 2 is going to be a fun movie. And then next year, Aquaman, you know it's going to be fun. So I feel like they're bringing us the positive energy that I'm here for. And I'm really excited to see it because I do love Zachary Levi in this role, too. He was perfect at playing a 13-year-old kid in a grown-up's body. It was so funny. You know, I do have to say... The kid actors may be getting older, but you could still use them in your story, at least to me, because you could just be like, okay, they're kind of adults now, but they still transform into other-looking adults in order to become Shazam. Or, you know, the guy who plays well, Billy Batson, Jesus. Asher Angel, yeah. I believe his name is. They could just be like, okay, his adult version is Zachary Levi. So then when he says Shazam, he just kind of... Becomes... But then you look at Mary, who in the first movie was played by two different actors, and this movie is played by 
the human version of her. She when she transforms, it she remains the same actress. So some people are thinking, oh well, why don't you just have Asher Angel continue to play Captain Marvel or sorry, play Shazam uh, moving forward once Zachary Levi starts getting too old and once Asher Angel starts getting older. I love the idea of keeping these actors around. Let's see them go to college. Let's see them become parents. You got people like James Cameron and Steven Spielberg and uh, directors like that always coming out and saying, oh, we never get to see them retire for their children and stuff like that. Well, hey, here, do it, DC. I mean, it was the first superhero that we've really seen that came from a foster home. So why not why not do something else that we haven't seen before? And also with the final cut aspect of this news, the final cut being finished, it is possible. Uh, we do know that the post credit scene with Black Adam was a last minute reshoot that they added in last minute. It's totally possible that in that same studio, they could have shot a second scene with Henry Cavill and just said, hey, once for Black Adam, once for Shazam 2. And, you know, we got Black Adam coming out right before Shazam 2, so it'd be a great way to hype Shazam 2 through Black Adam. I feel like it was kind of a missed opportunity to not have Shazam in a Black Adam cameo, but we'll talk about that here later today. I do have two words for people that want to see um, superheroes retire for the children, and those two words are Batman Beyond. <laughs> we need a Dude, Batman Beyond movie, it. please. Please, let's freaking see it, please. <laughs> that would definitely make me feel inspired, and Henry Cavill wants us all to feel inspired by his return as Superman. The actor's opening up about what he envisions for his return as the iconic hero, telling Screen Rant that he's looking forward to bringing a more hopeful Superman to the screen, one that he hopes will inspire DC fans. Quote, There's so much in the way of conversations to be had, Cavill said. Obviously, I have a very close connection to the character, and there's something extraordinarily special about him extraordinarily special about his capacity to give and to love. I don't mean romantically. I mean his love for Earth and for the people who live here and to make people feel powerful, to make people feel like Superman themselves. He added, I have plenty of desires for this, of course, which will be discussed more in time. But the most important thing, which I will be aiming for, is for the audience to leave the cinema and to feel like they can fly, to feel like they can protect, and to feel like they want to give to everyone else. That would be my goal. That is such a Christopher Reeve goal to have, and I love it. What do you think, Derek? Yeah, you know, to believe that you can fly is basically the whole catchphrase or the whole movie line from 1978's Superman the movie. You will believe a man can fly. And it was the tagline of the movie. And I love it. I love the idea that Henry Cavill wants to take. And it doesn't undo anything Zack Snyder did. Also, can you believe that Man of Steel is going to be 10 years old next year? I can't. Oh my god, just let that sink in for a second. <laughs> the Dark Knight Rises is 10 years old this year. Will you not make me feel old, please? <laughs> Anyways, I do not think for one second that if you start with Man of Steel, you're doing a movie watch this weekend, you go from Man of Steel to Batman vs. Superman, the Ultimate Edition, only the Ultimate Edition, and then Justice League, Zack Snyder's, of course, and then go into whatever this next Superman movie is going to be with Henry Cavill, whether it's Superman, Man of Tomorrow, or it's just simply called Superman, or Last Son of Krypton, Man of Steel 2, whatever it's going to be called. 
And it's a brighter, shinier, hopeful version of this character. I don't think it undoes anything that came before. And in fact, I think it only enforces it. Because when Justice League ends, you see him do the iconic Superman move where he rips open his uh, reporter's jacket and his shirt and he reveals the Superman logo and he takes off into the sky. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. And that's probably the Superman we're going to get. Saw a brighter colored suit in Joss Whedon's Justice League. We saw a brighter color suit in Black Adam. And I think that's kind of the future for this character. And For somebody who loves Man of Steel and for everything we've seen of Henry Cavill, I'm still excited to see him going forward, even though it's a different direction, uh, different vision. It'll be more in line with the character, and I think probably more in line with what the general audience wants. But we will see. Maybe it'll be too cheesy, too happy-go-lucky. You know, they can't do everything that they did in the Superman, the movie Christopher Reeve version today. That movie and those movies are a reflection of that era, as is every movie, is a reflection of its era, including Man of Steel, which isn't this era anymore, apparently. And just to remind you once again, and this new Superman movie will be a maybe a post-COVID world Superman the movie, and I'm excited to see it. I hope Superman, uh, or sorry, Henry, gets to continue playing Superman until his 50s even, I would love to see a Kingdom Come version of Superman one day and Henry Cavill getting to play him. Because too many times do we move on from these actors just because, oh, they hit 40. Well, Henry's going to be 40 just in a few years. And the fact that we haven't even gotten a sequel for Man of Steel is just a disgrace, in my opinion anyways. I know a lot of people hate it, but that's just my opinion. Eleanor, what are your thoughts on this? Do you want to see Superman go into a more of a direction of Christopher Reeves and more bright, more hopeful, inspiring, as he said? Do you think it undoes anything that we've seen before or retcons anything? Do you think it lines up? What are your thoughts? I do think that it would line up perfectly because it's this little thing we like to call character development and people change over time. And oh. Superman is a people. Oh. Like, if you didn't know, he is a type of people. He's just a Kryptonian people. <laughs> so he's going to change over time, just like anyone else would. And as you learn through different experiences, I'm sure being dead is quite the experience. I'm sure now that he's just going to be loving life and grateful that he's back. And so... I believe he said he was an itchy experience. Right, exactly. So I'm sure <laughs> being itchy for that long is weird. So, I mean, it's just going to be a different way of life for him. I think what we're going to see is a little bit like the... Um, the Justice League Unlimited Superman, where he could be a little bit agitated, could be a little bit boneheaded at times. Yeah, I loved that. But um, And could be a little prideful, but he was still really hopeful, still a good person, and still had the best interests of Earth people at heart. Yeah. So I think we could see a mix of that and the Christopher Reeve and uh, Brandon Routh vibe. I think if we got a mix of those two, it would encompass everything we got in the Snyderverse and everything we've gotten before perfectly in one package. So I'm excited to see what this is going to be. Um, I'm not even going to hold my breath on this. I know that I'm going to like it because Superman's one of my favorite characters of DC. So I'm just excited that we're getting another Superman appearance. I really hope that James Gunn contacts Brandon Routh for something. I know not everybody liked Superman. Well, a lot of people and hated Superman And please, Michael Rosenbaum, Returns. too, please. That'd be cool, too, sure. But 
then you got to bring back Tom Walling. Then we got four different <laughs> Please Superman. Please bring everyone back. <laughs> but like, no, Tyler Hecklin deserves a show. Brandon Routh deserves a show. Bring back Smallville. Contact uh, Dean Kane. You know, bring back George Newbern and Tim Daly. <laughs> All of them. But no, what I would love to see, I think the biggest negative to Henry Cavill continuing to be Superman. It means for sure that they're not going to do anything with Brandon Routh, probably. He did say in an interview last year that there might be some hope for an HBO series, which was rumored, and he didn't shut that down. Doing some sort of, you know, because they kind of teased a Kingdom Come thing with him. I'd love to see it either way with Brandon Routh, with Henry Cavill, either way, but there is room for more than one Superman. And when the Ta-Nehisi Coates Superman movie was a project and the J.J. Abrams movie, Superman movie was a project, Henry Cavill himself came out and said, there's room in this DC universe for more than one Superman, and I'd love to see it. I mean, they could always do, if they wanted to bring in Brandon Routh into the movies, they could build up to, I don't remember which comic it is. But Crisis when Super, on Infinite Earths. No, Earth, Superboy or... Prime, when he comes along. Infinite and, Crisis. Yes, and... Um, the older Superman gets tragically murdered. Yeah, the, they could bring right. in Brandon Routh for that. I mean, it would work. Right, you got your Golden Age Superman with your Silver Age Superman. It'd kind of be like your uh, Brandon Routh and your Henry Cavill. Maybe Henry Cavill would right. be more New 52. Maybe, I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, that would be something great to see. We kind of already got to see Tyler Hecklin and Brandon Routh interact together. But, hell, they saw the success of Spider-Man No Way Home. They would be ignorant to ignore the idea or possibility of crossing over multiple Superman. The possibility, of course, exists with The Flash. You could always bring Grant Gustin into The Flash movie or bring John Wesley Shipp into The Flash movie. But a lot of people just heard the names I just said and said, who? But <laughs> they've heard Christopher Reeve, they've heard Henry Cavill, and they've probably heard Brandon Routh. But I would love to see it, and I know a lot of other people would love to see it, but who knows? Time will tell. We'll cross our fingers. And, you know, that's going to be big news for the GCEU. And what else would be big news for the GCEU is how Black Adam's box office is doing. It opened at $250 million worldwide. <laughs> For And for example, every single Snyderverse movie opened to over $100 million domestically, and every single post-Snyderverse movie, including Justice League 2017, has opened below $100 million. Right, but Black Adam did not open to $250 million no. worldwide. Uh, well, maybe worldwide, but the Domestically, opening... it was $67 million. Right, because if you look at worldwide box office, it's so much harder to judge because the movie doesn't release worldwide on the same day you know so it's always hard to judge and compare those right i feel like anyways but there you know there's still a chance that it could compete with aquaman on aquaman had a global total over 1.1 billion so it's definitely the biggest dc movie at least for the snyderverse so you know there's a chance that it could be something like that for example man of steel was 668 million this is all global box office Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, was $873 million. Suicide Squad, the first one, not the James Gunn one, was $746 million, And Wonder Woman was $821 million. So it averages out to about $777 million compared to the post-Snyderverse average of about $422 million. So hopefully, Black Adam, since we're only two weekends that we're coming up on the third one, is into its box office run. It's at $250 million now. It maybe will get to Aquaman, 
but I don't see it doing that. Oh, no. Oh, it's not going to even get halfway there, honey. And I, this report that said Black Adam is on track for Aquaman, you know, you guys got to be careful with this kind of stuff because they they see part of it, right? They see, oh, well, it's already at $250 million, but they don't see the second weekend box office at that point, the drop, which it had a massive drop. We're at its third weekend, and by its fourth weekend, a little movie called Black Panther Wakanda Forever is coming out. Now, it's still at only 250 plus million at the at right now, currently. This is Friday. Are we really certain that it's going to get another at least 250 million in the next week just to get to 500 million? No possible way in hell. And I think DC and Warner Brothers Discovery is actually in a little bit of trouble with this movie because... When you go online, when you hear, when you go to the store, do you see a lot of Black Adam propaganda everywhere? Do you see a lot of marketing for this movie? Do you feel a lot of buzz or hype? Not really. There's a lot of hype for Henry Cavill's Superman. And, you know, Black Adam I thought was enjoyable. I thought it was a fun time. And I did, you know, if I'm giving it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, I'm giving it a thumbs up for sure. But this movie's not going to hit a billion. And it's honestly questionable at this point if it's even going to be profitable i've seen reports where certain people have thought it needs to hit at least 400 450 million to be profitable other have, others have said 650 million uh for example shazam was a 90 million or 100 million i can't remember for uh its budget and it made shy of 400 million worldwide but it was slightly profitable black adam costs twice as much and it might not even make what Shazam made. So this could be trouble for Dwayne Johnson and Black Adam. And whether it's a sequel, whether it's spin-off movies for the Justice Society, who knows? Hopefully this weekend will do good. There's not a whole lot of buzz for anything coming out this weekend. So maybe this thing will have some legs and maybe some more people will go in. And maybe there won't be as big of a drop between its second and third week as there was between the first and second. But I am really, really concerned, especially for a character. If you can't tell by the tone of my voice, it's a character I really care about. The comic book character of Black Adam, I think, is a character that WB and DC could really utilize in their cinematic universe well. And I just don't know if this is good news or good signs. I really don't. I think that there's still a chance that we could get the character to show up in other movies. Maybe as a uh, Justice League villain or a villain for Shazam 3 but I don't know if Dwayne's ego is going to let him just be the villain who gets beat up in the third act of a comic book movie. You know, that there is that question. I'm not, I don't necessarily feel that way about Dwayne, but I know a lot of people do. So I thought, you know, that is a question worth bringing up for sure. It is a possibility. But what do you think, Eleanor? Do you think it's going to hit a, a billion dollars at the box office? Am I being overly pessimistic? What do you think? Um, I would say that there's a snowball's chance in hell if anyone's ever heard that saying. So, I think everybody and their grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Snowball's chance in hell that that's going to really happen. But, you know, I've seen crazier things happen. So there's always, like, if 99% chance is not going to happen, there's always that 1%, and that 1% could come out and bite me in the ass. So. And me. Yeah, exactly. Big time. And, I mean, my biggest point here, a few months back, 
I was talking to some coworkers about the DC movies because I like DC. And the point that I think could be made here is one of them said, I have no idea who Black Adam is, but I'm here for Dwayne. Right. So I think the problem with this is that there was no marketing. No one, like, he's not like a huge name for DC, DC characters. right. Black Adam is not a tentpole IP. No, he's not. And whereas Marvel takes their smaller IPs and their smaller characters and markets them really well and goes like, hey, look, see this. This is Marvel. It's really cool. Look at all these cool advertisements. I think they need to lean more into that. Like, put more advertising. Shove this in my face. And not just a week before the movie comes out. I mean, I want to be annoyed on YouTube having constantly skip your ad. Like, that's how it should be. You know what I mean? Well, that costs a lot of money, so we can't say, hey, spend more (laughs) of your money, you know? (laughs) To be fair, though, what you, you bring up a good point is the marketing of this movie was not good. And the trailers, you know, I'd say most of the trailers for Black Adam left me, a big Black Adam fan, feeling pretty lukewarm and not really thinking, okay, this looks like, you know, every other movie I've seen. And hopefully they're just hiding something serious in the movie. And they were hiding some things for sure. Some of them good, some of them bad. And we'll just take it for what it is. But the marketing for this movie was not good, and I think they're going to pay the price for it. I think they're already feeling it. And hopefully this movie can at least break even for them. That would be really, really good, easy break. Uh, I don't. I think that we, honestly, all of us, overestimated the IP of Dwayne Johnson, even. Because for a lot of the times, you see the Fast and the Furious franchise, for example, you bring in Dwayne Johnson by Fast Five, I, I believe, or Fast Six, and all of a sudden, those movies started making more money. They were already making good money, but they started making more money. And so you think, okay, yeah, seven hundred Hobbs and Shaw, six hundred million, seven hundred million, billion dollar movie. Whereas the first few Fast and the Furious movies were only like two hundred million, three hundred million, four hundred million, five hundred million, whatever. Where this Black Adam movie, a DC movie starring Dwayne Johnson as a character, an anti-hero who kills people, I think they just botched the marketing. The people are just like, yeah, it's Dwayne Johnson playing himself, and there's nothing really else to the movie. Why else should I go? You, you didn't set up the Justice Society. For a lot of people, who, who is that? Who is the Justice Society? So I, I think it's disappointing, but I could be way off. And I hope I am, because I do love these characters, and I loved a lot about that movie. And a lot of the audience did. You look at the audience rating, it's like 90%. It's insane. It's one of DC's highest rated audience score movies. So I think that's really good for it. And I think that, you know, I think WB and DC can't ignore that, that it does have a lot of fans. So what do you guys think? Are you a fan of this movie? This is a little bit of a kind of conflicted, mixed movie for sure. It's very divisive with critics and audiences. But what do you guys think? Do you think this is going to get a billion dollars? Do you think it's even going to be profitable? Do you think we're going to get a sequel? Whatever you think, let us know in the comments below. And Eleanor, what is our next topic? Well, we've kind of already briefly covered it. It's Is Black Adam going to break a billion dollars? And I mean, the billion dollar box office, the big one for DCU was Aquaman. That's not counting Joker, because Joker's not part of the DCEU. Neither is the Dark Knight trilogy. Right. Right. Those movies did gangbusters on their own. And we're just talking about Aquaman, and 
Black Adam. That's where your big comparison is. And some people are saying that, you know, Jason Momoa's movie, which grossed $100 million domestically in half the time that it took Dwayne Johnson's DC debut to, is partially attributed to the fact that Aquaman opened over Christmas and more people go to see movies during the holiday season. You know, you get a gift card to AMC or Regal or whatever movie chain is near you from a family member. You get your loved one, you go and you see a movie over the Christmas break. Sure. I think a lot of people can say that that has happened to them at least once or twice. I mean, shit, I've gotten my family members Regal cards and AMC cards and all sorts of stuff and been like, go have yourself a good time. Even on Christmas Day, people go to the movie. I have. Right. It's great. I love it. Yeah, and the atmosphere is always so joyous and everyone's buzzed and excited because it's also the holiday season. And so I think that definitely did help Aquaman, whereas Black Adam was just a bit shy of Halloween. Well, it's over the Halloween... Yeah, the Halloween season. More yeah, which like. is where you're more looking for horror movies, which maybe they were kind of thinking he kills people so it's kind of scary, but to me, this movie was not scary. It had more of like a badass feel. So I would have a hard time, maybe that's why they're marketing it, or maybe they were just like, okay, the Marvel movies are here, here, and here, and we can go here. And I they've don't had some success in October as well, so that might have played a part right. in it as well. Because yeah, I, I obviously, I have not taken any courses in marketing or anything. I have no idea how the marketing for these things go, but they did great with Aquaman, I can tell you that. And it did awesome. I think... Like, you and I even went to see it when it in its first two weeks. few times. Yeah. So, I mean, it works for the Christmas season. And I think maybe that is where Aquaman had the leg up. And I think, honestly, at least in my opinion, no knock to Dwayne Johnson. Jason Momoa is a better leading man in a movie. For a movie, for sure. Than Dwayne Johnson is for me. I feel like I'm not a huge fan of actors that play themselves. I'm not going to list any names. Derek knows my list of people <laughs> I just don't watch. That I don't like it when you play yourself. I like it when actors, especially really like method actors, which can kind of be a controversial thing to say, but I like it when they transform themselves and you can't see them when it's as who they are. Right. When it's necessary. Right. When you see, you don't see them as who they actually are. You see them as the character. That's when I like a movie. But if I'm watching a movie that has insert any actor, this one happened to be Dwayne Johnson, and all I see is Dwayne Johnson in a Black Adam suit, where times I'm like, okay, he's definitely Black Adam, and I'm not seeing Dwayne Johnson, but other times I'm like, I'm kind of seeing only Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, there was some of those moments for me, for sure. Right. And I that's don't where think... it kind of takes me out of the movie, but that's just for me. For other people, they're like, that's cool, whatever. Yeah. But like, there's certain actors where I think they do really good in putting themselves in those roles and can still kind of be themselves, and it works. And one person I'm going to give credit here is uh, Robert Downey Jr. Because mm -hmm. he can kind of be himself, and it works for Iron Man. And it works for the Tony Stark character. But he's still being Tony Stark. But he just has a little bit of a Robert Downey flavor to it. Sure, you know what I mean? Where I, feel sure. like, where I feel like for Dwayne Johnson, it did, like the flavor of Dwayne didn't go super, like didn't mesh super well with Black Adam at times for me. Where there are other times where I'm like, this is Black Adam. I'm not seeing anyone else but Tap Adam. I think there was some reports that kind of overhyped Dwayne's performance for myself, and I shouldn't have let it I increase my expectations. I don't think his performance was bad by any means. I think for the character that they were going for, the more anti-hero, 
lighthearted at times, looking for a catchphrase, and even acting like a outlaw and shooting like he's doing a quick draw when he can move faster than a speeding bullet made no sense at all. But for some people, that they really loved that. That was Dwayne getting to be himself and getting to show his humorous chops, his entertaining chops. And for some people, they wanted more of that. And they wanted more of the fun, entertaining side of Dwayne mixed with Black Adam. And for, for me, the hype was people comparing Dwayne Johnson's performance as Black Adam to Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, uh, Heath Ledger as Joker. And I was just like, wow, Dwayne Johnson's really going to capitalize or encapsulate Black Adam that well? That's, incre- that's incredible. But for me personally... My personal preference for Black Adam, and we still might see that moving forward. I know we all have our own perfect image in our heads of this is the way it should be and anything that's even slightly different is dog shit. But for me personally, none of the Black Adam comics I've read were necessarily ones where he was cracking a whole lot of jokes. Certainly some sarcasm here and there. Certainly maybe some little tiny quips here and there, but not in the heat of battle. You know, not necessarily to take me out of the comic and go, wow, Black Adam's a funny guy. Uh, Usually he's pretty rage-filled. And those moments, although they were entertaining, and I did like them, and for some of them I even laughed. I just thought, you know, this wasn't the Black Adam that I personally was wanting. I know for a lot of people they don't care because they don't really, like you said, It's not a big IP. Nobody gives a shit about who Black Adam is. They're checking it out for The Rock and DC. Maybe the Justice Society, even. But to see them kind of throw humor into a character that never really has had any was kind of eh for me. So I I get that. How It was like, yeah, for those moments, I feel like that was Dwayne, not so much Teth Adam. Right, and especially because he was really kind of hyping this to be a serious film. Like, that this was going to be serious. The hierarchy of the DC... That DC has grit, and yeah. that DC has edge, and that's why he right. loves DC, because they are they always take themselves in a darker tone into and darker this, places. And then this, this, this just felt... Yeah, it, it felt very uh, middle ground. Just like, yeah, some darkness, some some more serious moments, some ac- a lot of action. Great, wonderful action. And then some comedic moments to kind of... Uh, mellow it out, and then some characters that are kind of one note that we don't really care about, and it's just kind of like, yeah, nothing is so serious and edgy about this. No hierarchy has been changed. Right, especially when they're establishing that Superman's going to come back. The hierarchy has absolutely not changed. Like, Are we ranting about Black Adam now? What is the, <laughs> what is the topic again? Well, I definitely don't think he's going to break a billion. That was the, that was the thing. <laughs> I don't think he's going to break a billion. And it's just for the reasons that we have ranted about. Because, you know... At least reason, that, those are our feelings. That's our it. feelings, right. And we want to hear why you guys would think either it will break a billion or it won't. So let us know down below... And we'll stop ranting now. (laughs) But we won't stop talking about Dwayne Johnson because he did say something that stunned me. I did not believe that he doesn't like Shazam or has thinly veiled disdain towards Shazam. And that's what an insider said. But I'm like, Shazam and Black Adam are like peanut butter and jelly. They go together. How does this work? An insider tells the rap... Quote, Safran needs to win over all the other filmmakers, and Dwayne Johnson's thinly veiled disdain for Shazam means he probably isn't loving the idea that his boss is now the guy that produces Shazam. 
Safran is pretty diplomatic, so I think he will pull it off, but it won't be easy. Johnson was once saying he made the unpopular decision to pull Black Adam from Shazam, now starting to make a little bit more sense here, as does his remarking that, quote, I said, I really think that you should make Shazam make that movie on its own in the tone that you want. And I think we should separate Black Adam as well. So, I mean, he's basically saying, like, Shazam can be over in her corner and Black Adam can be over in her corner, but we're not going to mix the two. But for me, it's as a fan, it's important that those two collide at some point because, I mean, my basic understanding of Black Adam is that he's kind of like Lex Luthor is to Superman as Black Adam is to Shazam. That's like your main villain, right? So that's just my basic knowledge. I'm not an expert at all. But I just feel like you would want to see Black Adam and Shazam on screen together, wouldn't you? So I think you nailed one of my reasons as to why I kind of agree with Dwayne on this. And then, so I kind of have two sides of this. There's two ways. Two things of looking at this. Either A, Dwayne's ego said, no, no, no. I ain't going to be a villain to Zachary Levi. I'm not going to be the flip side to his character or a opposite to him. He's the opposite to me. And I don't think Black Adam should be second fiddle to Shazam, which didn't make a billion at the box office by any means, right? So, and for all instances, a lot of people, I think, know the name Dwayne Johnson. Same amount of people probably know the name Zachary Levi, maybe less, but who knows? So I think that just for the character of Black Adam and for the character of Shazam, you thought, okay, I think both characters should be set up first and then cross over in the future. And he said a few months ago that that was the plan, that he had all intents and purposes of crossing over with Superman and Shazam and that they just wanted to take their time to get there and not rush things. I can appreciate that. And I can that. appreciate that as well. But, and, you know, for people thinking, oh, maybe it's the tone of Shazam. I didn't really think the tone of Black Adam was, we just talked about it, ranted about it it wasn't any more serious really than Shazam. Sure. There was people getting ripped in half and whatnot, but I easily could have seen Billy Batson in the background screaming or throwing up at the same time. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like straight out of the boys or something. It was very PG 13 violence. And although some of it was pretty edgy PG 13, some of it did push the boundaries and I was impressed, but it wasn't anything that I couldn't see Shazam in there for. So that's why I don't necessarily buy, even though this came from the rap, which is a reputable source, I don't necessarily believe that Dwayne has any sort of disdain for Shazam or that franchise because he's came out recently to say how he doesn't, how he has all intents and purposes of crossing over this character. But that being said, there is that possibility that he thought, you know, there's, a chance, okay, we can have two solo movies and these characters get the individuality that they deserve like they have in the comics. And again, Black Adam in the comics, yes, at times is Shazam's just alter ego or anti-hero or his villain. But other times, Black Adam is his own character who stands on his own feet and at times has no ties to Shazam whatsoever. So I don't necessarily disagree with the idea of having them as standalone, but there is that chance where, yeah, maybe this was Dwayne being egotistical. Maybe this isn't the guy 
that we all think he is. Granted, this is coming from somebody else. This isn't coming from Dwayne. This isn't coming from WB or DC. So there's nothing, absolutely nothing, to change my mind or to make me question whether or not I am hopeful for that crossover you just mentioned between Black Adam and Shazam. Other than this little article from The Wrap saying, yeah, Dwayne has some disdain and it's going to be a hard job for Peter Safran to get everybody on board if Dwayne's not behind Safran's vision. Yeah, that is a possibility. But even though, even with that, in this article, even they are hopeful that everything is going to get worked out. So even if there is disdain, there's still a good chance that nothing will come out of it. Other than the fact that we got a Black Adam movie with no Shazam and two Shazam movies with no Black Adam. There's still every possibility that we'll still get Shazam and Black Adam 2 or 3 or Black Adam and Shazam 3 or them both in a Justice League movie or whatever. So I do think also that there is a possibility that two things can be true. That there is some ego involved, that there is some disdain involved, and that there is also some respect for the characters that they just say, hey, you know, maybe we should take the time to tell these characters' origin stories all the way through and not rush to any crossovers. That's what I'm hoping for, is that they're kind of taking like a MCU approach and making sure that everyone gets their origin story beforehand. And so if that's the direction they're going, then I'm on board for that. I just hope that even if there is egos involved or if there's disagreements creatively, that we can negotiate and come up with something because Dwayne does value what the fans want, and I think fans want this. And I think he would put his feelings aside for the fans and that he would do this for us because he did fight for Henry Cavill for those of us who wanted him back. We've got to keep that in mind, and that was huge so for I us think DC he fans. Would, I think he would be willing to go, you know what? They want to see Shazam and Black Adam on screen together. Let's make this the best appearance of Shazam and Black Adam together that we can give the people. So I'm hoping that, you know, he's the people's champion in Black Adam and off screen. So that's let's a great just way of looking at it. <laughs> I think that's a great way of looking at it is that, like you said, even if there is some disdain, maybe Dwayne himself will say, you know what? I buckled down. I bit my tongue. I, st- I put my foot into the ground and said, no. We're getting Henry Cavill back as Superman. Maybe this time he'll have to just bite his tongue and say, you know what, even though I don't like Shazam or I don't like Peter Safran or maybe he's got some issue with Zach Levi, probably not, who knows, but I'm going to do it because the fans want to see it. It does also raise some questions of, okay, if you were wanting to tell the origin stories separate, why didn't we get Justice Society before the Black Adam movie or vice versa, you know what I mean? Right. Like, wouldn't it have given you more time with Black Adam and Shazam in Black Adam, if it was just Black Adam and Shazam, not Black Adam and four other Justice Society members, you know what I mean? But right. anyway, I still like the movie. I still am a huge fan of the movie. I'll still buy it on Blu-ray. I still give it a thumbs up. But there is issues for sure. And it does leave us some questions going forward. And with all these questions about Shazam and the disdain and box office results, I think all of it's going to affect each other. The box office is going to affect when we see this character next and how if it's going to be an individual movie crossovers you name it 
Yeah, I think these problems, if there are problems, are going to compound and add up together, like you said. I don't think it's going to be one thing or the other that would affect the movie. I think it's all of these things. Yeah. But what do you guys think about this whole drama, I guess, that is just from an insider that's surrounding Shazam and Black Adam? you buy into it? Right. Do you think this holds any water, or do you think this is just kind of, you know, people talking? Let us know what you think down in the comments, and thank you for tuning in to the Speed Force Media Podcast. If you liked this episode and you're listening on YouTube, please drop us a like, leave us a comment, and subscribe to our channel for more content in the world of movies, TV, and entertainment. If you're listening on Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, or another podcast directory, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review as it does help us reach more listeners like you. Thank you guys so much, have a fantastic week, and remember to iron your capes.